everyone and neighbor dogs because uh, we're getting special sound effect appearances. Welcome back to another episode of the Young Pyromancers podcast. I am your host Ezra, and um, first off, with my co-hosts, I've got uh, Mr. Miles Ozov Overload. Hello, everybody. Uh, yeah, and also Charlie. Uh, overlord of the salt eye shard thing. No wait. Hello. If only Olive would stop barking. Wow. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, dog dogs are uh okay. Just no cats. We're, we're all good. We're all good. Yeah. Anyways, uh, today is episode twenty four, and with the release of Ikoria Lair Behemoths and Commander twenty twenty, uh. We've got a deck tech this week, and we are going to be deck teching Nethroy Apex of Death. And because of this new companion mechanic, Nethroy's companion, or your companion, or whatever you want to call it, will be Umoi the Collector in today's deck tech. And yeah, that's it for our beginning, start your engines, whatever. Let's jump straight in. Um, yeah, Mana Ramp is our first category. Uh, Charlie, go ahead oh, and talk about uh, commander. Let's read our commanders. Commander. Oh, uh, I'm uh, going way companion. too quickly. Technically, commander, There's but truly, it's two. It's yeah. Basically, this is kind of not really two. Companion. If you fulfill your requirement, it essentially gives you a second commander that can't be cast from the command zone a second time. Although we have ways to get around that in this deck. So, mm. our commander is Nethroy, Apex of Death. Nethroy is two and an Abzan, so two white, green, black. For a 5-5 legendary creature, cat, nightmare, beast. It has mutate for four, a Celestia hybrid, black, black. Death touch, lifelink, and whenever this creature mutates, return any number of target creature cards with total power 10 or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. It's a lot of words. Yeah, just this giant wall of text, but... The gist of it is that last ability, whenever this creature mutates, you get any number of target creature cards. So it's not like three creatures or four creatures, any number as long as they all have combined total 10 or less. Um, Then, for our good old companion, Umori the Collector. Uh, Umori is two Golgari hybrid, Golgari hybrid for a 4-5 legendary creature ooze. Uh, The companion deck building requirement for him, restriction is each non-land card in your starting deck shares a card type. Um, And as Umori, the collector, enters the battlefield, choose a card type, and spells you cast of the chosen type cost one less to cast. This is one of the more restricting deck-building restrictions of the companions, because you can't... If you choose creatures, you can't have any instant sorceries, artifacts, anything. Enchantments, yeah. Or, right. you know, it's terrible. It's really, really hard to build. You can't have any conspiracies. No conspiracies allowed. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so Umori, with this deck, we're going to be choosing creatures 99.99999% of the time. I can't see every situation where you're going to name anything other than creatures. Creatures? Uh... Just purely based on the fact that we're running 62 creatures and nothing else. So this is a, oops, all creatures deck. Uh, 
with Nest Warrior Commander, we only really have one choice, and that's to go the creatures route. And the only yep. other way that you can play anything other than uh, creatures is you can play artifacts, enchantments, or planeswalkers. So, and each of those only has one option. For artifacts, you only have Golos as your option. And for enchantments, you only have Farika, God of Affliction. And for planeswalkers, you have to do Lord Windgrace, but there's not enough planeswalkers to actually make a reasonable deck. So you'll end up with like 60 lands and 40 planeswalkers, which is really not where you want to go, but... uh. Yeah, I mean, it is. There's enough planeswalkers, just there's not enough good planeswalkers. There's yeah, 23 playable. 23 John in Jaunt? In Jaunt. Oh, well, that's not really going to work. Uh, if you're playing with Unstable, you can play Oza Academy Headmaster, though, and then you can get all the planeswalkers. Uh, that's not legal. That's an Unstable card. Uh, anyways, our first category of cards that we're going to talk about is our mana ramp section. Sorry. Um, that was wrong. There's like 95. Oh, 95? Oh, wow. John Planeswalkers? Never mind, you could do it. Yeah, that's doable. Because they're all like CMC 4 greater, except for Tibal and Renin 6. Well, I'm playing Karuga already. I don't don't have any little stuff. (laughs) Okay, uh, mana ramp. Yeah, Charlie, go ahead. Um... Yeah, so seeing as this deck has all creatures, and the only thing we are casting is creatures, it's very important for us to ramp, because only having creatures puts us at a certain advantage, and our way to catch up with that is taking advantage of some of the strongest ramp in the game that comes from creatures. So the start of our ramp package here, which we have a lot of, are some mana dorks and Elvish Mystic, Llanowar Elves. Both of those are the same card, essentially. They're one green, they tap for one. Then we have some similar two mana type ones, except they tap for one mana of any color, and Beast Caller Savant, which has haste, and Elysian Carry Added, which can tap for one extra mana. Um, we have Milliken, which is a colorless card. It is a two colorless, and we can tap it to add a colorless and put the top card of our library into our graveyard. We have Skull Prophet, another two mana one that costs a Golgari, taps for one a, one of the colors in Golgari, or we can tap to Mill two, so it has some other purposes. And then we have a few cards like Beanstalk Giant, Migratory Great Horn, Yavimai Granger, Viridian Joiner, and Steve, also known as Sakura Tribe Elder, to search our library for basic land cards. Uh, Spring Bloom Druid as well. Did you say that? Big sentence. <sighs> Uh, and then also Spring Bloom Druid in terms of lands. Uh, yeah, so, and then we also have uh, Fabriel Elder rounding out, uh, Fabriel Elder and Burnished Heart rounding out our mill package. Uh, Burnished Heart is three-man artifact, uh, but you can, it, it's an artifact creature, but you can pay three, sacrifice it, and then get two basic lands onto the battlefield tapped. And then Fabriel Elder taps to add colors of each permanent that you control, uh, color of permanent you control, so in theory it could tap with three mana. Same um, thing, basically the same thing as Fabriel Elder. Wait, that's what I just said. Yeah. I was talking about Fabriel. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. It's <laughs> okay. Good. Okay. No, I want to highlight one of our ramp cards, which is Viridian Joiner. Uh, Viridian Joiner is two and a green for a creature elf druid, and uh, the one-two, but the important part is 
Viridian Joiner taps to add a green for each uh, equivalent to uh, Viridian Joiner's power, which seems kind of bad because normally Viridian Joiner just taps for a green because only has one power. But the way mutate works is the creature on top but gets the all the abilities of the creatures below. So if we mutate one of our either one of our mutate creatures or Nethroy onto Viridian Joiner, Viridian Joiner is an elf, so can be mutated onto. Uh, we can add uh, insane amounts of mana because the power of ne the Nethroy Viridian Joiner combo is five, and so it sees the power is five, and so taps for five green mana, and that's Which pretty is considerably that's pretty cool. more than one, I'd say. Yeah, just a little bit. Which means that uh, we basically just—it basically means we have to pay two black for Nethroy's mutate. Right. Which is just like, what? Yeah. And mutate, um, you get pseudo-haste in that if you play a creature and then a turn cycle passes and then it comes to your turn again and you mutate a creature on top or below a creature, that creature still has haste because the previous Physical. creature uh, did not have summoning sickness. <gasps> yeah, that's, that's cool. just how they wanted it to work, which it's weird. Um, but it just sees that part of the physical card was on the battlefield, therefore the creature is not affected by summoning sickness and can tap, attack and use tap abilities, which is extremely confusing and mutate is, and it's nah, terrible. Like, terrible yeah. in terms of rules interactions, it's a cool mechanic, but like... I'd argue kinda, that mutate's no, the it, most complicated oh. mechanic of all time, behind banding. Behind banding? Uh Banding. Banding. I've um, got one banding. I'm trying to card. think. It's a it's a white for a one one, and it's got banding. Oh, it's just that that one little soldier dude. Yeah, yeah. pikeman. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of this is there's any uh more complicated mechanics. Yeah. Uh, uh, join us on our Discord if you want to shoot us an answer. Uh, we'll get more of that later, but um. Card draw is our next segment. Uh, Miles, you can go ahead and talk about our card draw. Card draw, card draw, card draw. Okay, so first off, we've got Grim Harusapex. Uh, Grim Harusapex is two and a black for a 3-2. Uh, and whenever a non-token creature you control dies, you can draw a card. You can also morph it, but I don't really think that that's ever what we're going to be doing. Yeah, I mean, ever. unless you want it to be secret. I, I, that's not really going to matter. There's not a point. Uh, quite similar to Grim Harusapex, uh, Midnight Reaper, literally the same thing, except for doesn't have morph and you take one damage. Um, next, we've got Disciple of Bolus. Um, it's three and a black for a 2-1, uh, and when Disciple of Bolus enters the battlefield, sacrifice another creature. You gain X life, draw X cards, and X is that creature's power. So that's really nice, because especially when we're reanimating things with Nethroy, we can draw, what, like, five cards off of Disciple of Bolus and then right. reanimate it. And it's a if minor... we reanimate Disciple of Bolus, we can do it again. And because it only yeah. has power, so it just kind of creates a very nice loop effect. It's kind of a non-bow with our deck, because we're trying to have low-power creatures, but it works gets the job done it's nice um i like it a lot yeah two more uh skull mulcher is four and a green for a three three with devour one and as this comes into play 
you may sacrifice any number of creatures. This creature comes into play with that many plus one plus one counters. And when Skullmulcher comes into play, draw a card for each card it devoured. So we can draw a lot of cards off this. Say we just... It's turn five now, so we just get rid of our mana dorks, for example. We can just draw a bunch of cards off them, then reanimate it, of course, and then do it again. Yeah, um, it's a very one, powerful effect okay, to be able yeah. to kind of loop stuff like that. Right. Uh, all sacrificing stuff to draw cards um, definitely then, will help because we want stuff to be in the graveyard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I think it's our last card, right? Yeah, our last card draw. Card. Corpse Augur. It is three and a black for a 4-2 creature zombie wizard. And when Corpse Augur dies, you draw X cards and lose X life. X is the number of creature cards in target player's graveyard, which is most likely going to be ours. But if there's, say, a Moldrotha player at your table... <laughs> Nobody uh, plays Moldrotha. <clears throat> Charlie. You could just target theirs if they've got more uh, creature cards in their Turn graveyard. Turn on to me, guys. Run, it's the FBI. Uh, yeah, let's go to targeted removal. Um, yeah, I just want to. I just want to note really quick. Um, uh, five cards does not appear to be a lot for card draw, but the seeing as the main kind of plan of the deck is to mill yourself and reanimate these cards. A lot of the card advantage comes from the ability to reanimate these cards from the graveyard rather than simply drawing cards we want stuff in our graveyard rather than our hand yeah that's a good point um all right now we're going to move on to targeted removal and board wipes our first targeted removal card is bounty agent bounty agent is one and a white creature uh human soldier two two vigilance and you can tap to sacrifice bounty agent and destroy target legendary thing aka destroy someone's commander Okay, well, technically, it has to be a, a legendary artifact, creature, or enchantment, so you can't destroy legendary lands, but um, most of the time, that's going to hit most of the legendary stuff. Right. You and, can hit uh, commanders, which is huge. That's literally why the only reason why we're playing it is just because yeah. repeatable commander kill with Nethroi, uh, just very, very strong. Or Next if someone's code. playing a legend stack or something. Yeah, that's true. If they've got, like, a Thran Temple gateway or Kenta. something of the sort. Kethis, yeah, yeah. Uh, Reclamation Sage is the next card. It's two and a green, and it ETBs and naturalizes, so destroy target enchantment or artifact, which is what we want to be doing. Um, we've also got a mutate card in here, or two of them, actually. Mm-hmm. We've got Gem Razor and Doge Bat. Gem Razor is... And Scryfall decides to go down. They've been yeah, having issues all day. Oh, there we go. Green. No, it's back. I got it. Three and a green. Creature beast. Four, four. Uh, reach, trample, and whenever this creature mutates, destroy target artifact or enchantment. And opponent controls and has mutate for one green, green. So it's kind of like Reclamation Sage, uh, except it has mutate, which is important for being able to repeat Nethroy's trigger. Uh, Ravenous Chupacabra enters the battlefield and destroys target creature. Doge Bat um, is kind of similar to Ravenous Chupacabra, except it has to mutate to get its trigger. It's two black black creature bat, flash flying, 3-3, three, three, and mutate for four black black. 
when it mutates, destroy target creature or planeswalker an opponent controls. It, it can hit planeswalkers. That's not normally going to come up. By the way, um, Dirt Bat and Ravenous Chupacabra are both two black black. Right. Oh, I thought I said that, but I forgot. I don't okay. Columnes um, yeah. Captain is three white white for creature giant soldier vigilance five five, uh, and it has five white white for monstrosity three. If it isn't monstrous, put three one one counters on it, and it becomes monstrous. When it becomes monstrous, exile all artifacts and enchantments. So it's a board wipe for uh, artifacts and enchantments on a creature. Um, we've also got Massacre Girl. Um, yeah, these are all kind of important. Maybe we should have split this up into multiple categories. But Massacre Girl is three black black legendary creature, human assassin, four four menace. And when it enters the battlefield, each other creature gets minus one, minus one to undertone. When a creature dies this turn, each other creature, it's each creature other than Massacre Girl gets minus one, minus one until end of turn. This is a confusing way of uh, saying, basically, when Massacre Girl enters the battlefield, it's normally a board wipe as long as there's a 1-1 one, one on the battlefield. If there's a 1-1, one, one, then it makes all the 2-2s two, 1-1s, one, and then it kills all the 2-2s, two, then it kills all the 3-3s, three, kills all the 4-4s. Four, so as long as those uh, toughness 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, all, all the way up, then it just kills everything. Massacre Girl normally... Or more, or more of a lower yeah, uh, power and toughness. It's quite confusing but it's really really cool design um and you you keep in mind you can also kill those uh creatures outside of just uh her minus one minus one uh trigger so if you uh heroes downfall or doom blade say something um then those will also trigger massacre girl giving everything minus one minus one into one of tone it's a pretty cool combat trick like after combat uh shriek maw is four and a black creature elemental three two fear when it enters the battlefield destroy target non-artifact non-black creature has evoke for one in a black um so that's that's uh, this kind of has a cool interaction with uh Nethro. evoke is when you cast this you may cast a spell for its evoke cost if you do it's sacrificed when it enters the battlefield so you just play play it for one in a black destroy something so it's like almost a what's what's the card uh terror i think terror yeah, is the card terror. terror um so you get to terror something and then it goes to the battlefield and then uh, you can reanimate it with Nethroy, and then you do it again, and you get to wreck something again. Sawtusk Demolisher is another one, and Sawtusk Demolisher, oh, cool. this is a cool mutate card uh, in the Sultai deck from C20 uh, mutate. The the Otrimi mutate deck, it's four green green for a creature beast, 6-6. Um, six, six. Mutate for three and a green trample, and when it mutates, beast within. So, uh, whenever this creature mutates, uh, destroy target. Oh, okay. So I guess it's not. It's weird. Beast within bramble crush. Destroy target non-creature permanent. Its controller creates a three-three green beast creature token. So it's similar to beast within, just doesn't hit creatures, which I think is unflavorful because it's literally the giant beast. It is the beast that lives within. So, therefore, it should be able to hit creatures. But, uh, okay, rant over. Um, <laughs> uh, Magister of Worth. Huh? I, it's similar to I want to say yeah. just a quick thing about Shriek Maw. If you oh, yeah, have yeah. it for its evoke cost and have, like, Grim Harusapex out, you basically just kill something and draw a card. So, that's a nice upside to it. Right, you get die triggers. Yeah, okay, yeah. that's good. All right, uh, Magister of Worth, four white and black creature angel. Four, four, flying, and it has Will of the Council, so when it enters the battlefield, starting with you, 
each player votes for grace or condemnation. If grace gets more votes, then each player returns each creature card from the graveyard to the battlefield. So, uh, basically, if grace happens, then everyone gets everything from their graveyard back. AKA, which no is, one's going to vote for that because we're playing No one's table. ever going to vote for that. We're going to have everything in the graveyard. If condemnation gets more votes or the vote is tied, destroy all creatures other than Magister of Worth. Guess what? The creatures end up in the graveyard. Guess what we like? Creatures in the graveyard. So it's a win-win either way. Yeah, so you win. So the first one, you win. Second one, you win. Yeah. Uh, And then you get a full four angel left over, which is always gravy, good gravy on top. Realm Cloaked Giant is a recent card from Throne of Eldraine. It is five white-white for a creature giant. Uh, 7-7 in Vigilance. Has an adventure, which is cast off for three white-white. Uh, sorcery, adventure, destroy all non-giant creatures. Then exile this card, you may cast the creature later from exile. So, it's a board wipe. It is, uh... I'm trying to think of what a five-mana board wipe is, but I failed to <laughs> failed to find. And hostiles? And hostilities? And hostilities, that's a good one. Wait, yeah. is that... Yeah, and hostilities destroys... I, 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 mm. Anyways, you don't have uh, to destroy all something. You can just say it's a board giants. <laughs> it's a board wipe. I I like comparing things to other cards though. I know you shows do. shows extra value. <laughs> um, all right, that we went quite quickly through all the business stuff, kind of like twenty minutes in. Okay, don't um, and we're moving to the mid roll. I really bad want to just make a sound effect of just like making the mid roll and just highlighting the the word roll. And just like rolling a bucket down the stairs and recording it, and then just having that sound effect just going. I'm like, it's the mid roll. Bump, 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 bump. You don't be really fun though. If we record once quarantine ends, I'm gonna record. Uh, just Charlie, Miles, and I. We're just gonna go to. Uh, I don't know which one of us has the widest staircase, but <laughs> we're gonna all roll down the stairs. <laughs> And just record us rolling down the stairs, and then just play that every time we say mid-roll. Uh, yeah, anyways, uh, I did compose a new new uh, treasure find theme, so tell us if you like that. Um, but yeah, let's go through our new horizons, which were terrible at planning and did not write down. But I, I luckily, I have the new horizons in my head. Um, Good for you, Ezra. thing that we are going to talk about is double masters which is the full uh, which is the uh return of master sets after ultimate masters everyone was like whoa all these cool preprints and then wizards is like nope we're not doing this anymore because we got kind of blown out by like five master sets in a row so yeah no more modern yeah, masters no fetch for a while but it is back and they also said no fetch lands unfortunate but luckily we do have double they masters it, though it's okay don't hate yeah double masters this is like these are like the best reprints start saving your money now so you can buy a box (laughs) it's gonna be like 250 dollars but i'm gonna do it ezra you better believe i'm gonna have one of these how much lawn mowing are you gonna do (laughs) to buy a set didn't buy anything this anyways big giant headliner reprints on the first day they spoiled it uh, it's called Double Masters, so Doubling Season was like a must-include in the set. So Doubling Season is a big one. They they spoiled it. The oh they, uh, yeah they teased the set twice on the uh, Wizards website, 
the announcements were announcing Double Masters and also announcing Double Masters. And the big gimmick about the set, I called it gimmick because I don't know how much it's going to matter, but it's cool. There's two rares and, I think, two rares and two foils in every single pack. Which is just, like, ridiculous, but... Mythics. Like, if you're really lucky, you'll get two Mythics in a pack. That No, that'll be ridiculous. But uh, the big spoilers that they've spoiled so far, they've spoiled five cards. Uh, go check out the Scryfall number crunch. That's what I've been just looking at, seeing what uh, cool things could be in the set based on what's already been spoiled. But um, the big things that have been spoiled were Atraxa and Kalia, which were big uh which are big commander cards or big oh, commanders Atraxa? no way yeah Atraxa's first uh actually got a reprint commander anthology too but that didn't really matter um Wait, you but yeah Atraxa, Kalia commander on the ED list five cards five yeah cards and then the spoiled at this moment and all of these five cards have alternate arts Oh are... yeah, the the box top are cool. <gasps> yes, I love what they do with these alternate arts. It's so much. The alt arts are so cool. Have you seen the attract alt art? No, crazy. I'm just going to say that I opened uh, an Ikoria box and there were so many cool art. Yeah, the alt arts are cool. They're super cool. Um, the um, the cards that have been spoiled are Atraxa, Kali of the Vast, Mana Crypt. Blight Steel Colossus and Doubling Season, all of which are cards that have been were pre-selling before this spoiler for approximately or around forty, fifty. In the case of Mana Crypt, one hundred and fifty dollars. Oh, reprinting Mana Crypt? Yes, so <laughs> it's a Mana Crypt reprint. Um, you know what they need to do? They just need to print it into the ground and just print it at rare. Just print it at uncommon. You know what they should do? They should reprint Soul Ring at uncommon. They better do that in Commander Masters. I want I want them to reprint Soul Ring at Uncommon or Common. Um, but anyways, yeah, that's it yeah, for have... Double Masters. Oh my god. Ezra, I'm, I don't care what you say. If I get a Blightsteel Colossus or a Mana Crypt, it was worth it. I'm gonna get one of these. You better believe it. I will build an Infect deck around the Blightsteel Colossus if I get him. <laughs> Yeah, no, you can build a. Uh, It'll uh, the entire point of the deck will be tutor him up. You, you already have a counters deck. You just play Volrath, Volrath Infect. <laughs> yeah, no. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, because then you just turn it into play. Uh, what if I was able to banner for him? I'm unhappy now. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I can't wait to play against this fun deck. Okay, uh, yeah, but that's pretty much it for Big Magic Gathering news. Oh, there's been a new- what? I literally had not seen this until I did Scryfall, but a new secret- Oh, okay, I saw this. No, new secret lair drops for the, uh, some of things- No, I did not see this, what the- Okay, so, that is ridic- I just saw this. Okay, what it is this? Is. How did I not see this? Okay, so everyone go to secretlayer.wizards.com. You can see the new secret layers. They're doing a big summer one. The, what they appear to be is the first one is a playset of lightning bolts, full art lightning bolts, which is already ridiculous. Yeah, no, no, and then no, no, they're doing an artifact one, which is Ink Moth Nexus, Walking Ballista, Arcbound Ravager, Pithing Needle, and Dark Steel Colossus. And then there's one that has Why to do with. Please? Oh like, my god. Nice, cool ones. This is insane. Noah Bradley actually um, made one of the arts on this, and he posted on Reddit. It's 
pretty fantastic. And is it actually not on Secret Lair? It is currently not on the Secret Lair website, which no, means... all I'm getting is the Godzilla lands. Yeah, either it got leaked or... I no, don't it, know. It's on Magic It's real. It's real. No, it's real. Uh, no, I mean, not not real, but Wizards hasn't formally announced it yet, is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's this, on the website. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, this, must have happened. this must have happened, like, as we started recording the podcast. Okay, and then the... No, sorry, Pithing Needle's not part of the Artifact one. <laughs> um, The Artifact one is just Darksteel, Colossus, Arcbound Ravager, and Walking Ballista, and those appear to be Transformer-themed. And then uh, there was uh, one that has to do with art. And those art cool ones are Ink Moth Nexus, Spell Pierce, Blood Artist, Eternal Witness, and Pithing Needle. And then there also appears to be like a Wild West themed Planeswalker one. Which is... what they all are. It's going to be great though. All we know is that Matt oh, maybe is making it, yeah. Corona better. Yeah, and then there's a bird themed one, which I want so bad. The bird themed <gasps> one. I'm gonna make it. Oh yes, yeah. the legendary Gilded Ghost, Swan Song, Dovescape, Baleful Strix, Boat of Paradise, Boats of Paradise, Boats of Paradise. Oh. That's the best. Oh. Woohoo! Yeah, we do like that. Drop the so, price. Drop the price. Drop. No, they're gonna be thirty bucks though. They're all thirty dollars. It's on the website, guys. Wait, it is. It is. I yeah. do not. Did it just happen? Because oh, I'm hitting. We've been out for like five hours. Oh really? Well then, how come? I just saw Godzilla Land. It's on secret layer. Okay, maybe I'm just looking at the wrong website. Oh, um, um, so I'll say the five. Dude, these lightning bolts are awesome. Yeah, no, those are pretty crazy. Okay, so it's been out for five hours. We're just being mentally slow. This is yeah. June first to um, June first to fifteenth. This is really cool. Oh, there. Yeah. See. Okay, I see it now. Yeah, you just have uh, to go to the Skyfall thing. Yeah. No, I also went to the Magic Wizards one. So, okay, so the first one is called Full Sleeves, the Tattoo Pact. Uh, they're all summer-themed, so um, Full Sleeves is the first one, June, June 1st, uh, starting at 9 a.m. Pacific Time uh, to 9 a.m. Pacific Time on June 2nd. Uh, the altars are, so it's Ink Moth Nexus, Pithing Needle, Blood Artist, Atonal Witness, Spell Pierce. So it has to do with tattoo art, which is like, they're cool, they all look like tattoos. I'm not a big tattoo fan. Um, I mean, obviously, I don't have tattoos, but... Uh, Can You Feel the Heart of Steel is June 2nd, so it's Walking Ballista, Arcbound Ravager, Darksteel Colossus. Um, Eternal Witness is great, though. Yeah, and if you buy these, then you can get the sleeves in Arena, and you can get uh, each of the non-foil copy cards in uh, Moto. The Path Not Traveled... Oh, and by the way, both of those are... Oh, the first one is 30 bucks. Spell Pierce, Blood Artist, E-Witness, Pithing Needle, Ink Moth Nexus. I'm just going to say straight off the bat, that one's not worth it. If you like the arts, then yeah, go get it. Not worth it, though. And then this one, Dogsteel Colossus, Outbound Ravager, Walking Ballista. This one might be worth it. It's $40. It's $40, but Ballista's 25 by itself. And so if you like the alt arts a lot, then this no one might be worth it. No for value, Ezra. Hmm? No one buys Secret Lair for value. Yeah, but the the Secret Lair Rats one, you could actually buy it for, uh, in the the cards, just baseline price would be more, oh, worth more than the, the because the ra rat colonies. For a minute. There were people who opened, who opened 20 of those rat ones, the year of the rat ones, you could buy for value, because they were $40 and you were getting, like, $45 worth of cards. Um, 
And then the path not traveled is the one with Planeswalkers, a Johnny Steadfast, Domery Raid, Tamio Field, Researcher, Graska Golgari Queen. I think this is the one that's most likely to uh, sell because people love their Planeswalkers. And this is pretty cool. I think the Lightning Bolt one is most likely. The the, which one? The Lightning Bolt one. I that's true. Can can we just appreciate these bolt arts for a minute? Because they're yeah, no, these bolt arts. Go go look at them. This is one of them is like a skull cloud that's like spitting lightning onto someone. The next one's like this massive, like kind of looks like I don't know a. Looks like a flaming eyeball that's got a spot, like a lightning bolt coming out of it, striking the peak of a mountain. Another one is a really, like, oh, it's just orange, this orange bolt of lightning striking a dragon. Another one is a red bolt of lightning striking a bear. Like, they're really cool. Yeah, those, those yeah, they're so good. I love them. Okay, um... But yeah, that that is June fourth. Uh, it's called Mountain Go, which is the best land. I mean, the best uh, name. And then the last one is Ornithology, Ornithological, Ornithological. There we go. Ornithological Studies, which is June fifth to June sixth, nine a.m. Pacific time. So if you're on Easter time like us, it is noon. Uh, and those ones are going to be Baleful Strix, Boat of Paradise, Dovescape, Gilded Goose, Swan Song. This one. Bird is worth it on value. Of- Literally, these cards are worth more than thirty dollars. Paradise, because Strix is what two fifty. Birds is seven. Dovescape is zero. Goose is two. Swan Song is seven. Six. The art's five. very nice. The arts are so good. I mean, buy these. You can flip these. I think you can flip these to someone in, uh, like France, where they're not really sold. You could flip these to someone in Europe for fifty bucks. Like they're. These are nice arts. And then the Summer Super Drop bundle, you can buy them from... Oh! Nice! Okay. Whoa, what? Are you kidding me? I did not see this. So, you can buy all five of the drops combined. And you get a Tattoo Pack, Can You Feel Hard to Steal, Path Not Followed, uh, Path Not Traveled, sorry, Mountain Go, Ornithological Studies, Plus one random enemy fetch land. What in the world? <gasps> Wizards, you finally made up for your mistakes. $170. This is... <laughs> Ezra, I'm gonna need like Wizards of the Coast. Wizards of the Coast finally did something right. <laughs> Ezra? If you get a Scalding Tone as your thing, then you just made up the entire thing. <laughs> scalding... Scalding Tone is the red, red, blue one that's like $120. Oh, wow. <laughs> like, with the Aldo, it's already gonna, be, yeah, uh, cause the, the pack of those, the Secret Lair Ultimate Edition is like 300 bucks. Scalding Tarn is $113. Yeah, see? And Misty is 105 Right, the Secret Lair ones, they're like $115. Uh, and I need like yes. $400. Yeah, you better get mowing lawns. <laughs> I know, like, seriously. You should ask for this for your birthday. It's too late. <laughs> it's too late. <laughs> it's what, 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 I, I, yeah, it's like really hard to decide whether you want all the C20s or... I'm just going to go and retail all the cards I don't want. That is crazy. Yeah. Um, Anyways, that's well, that's a 
crazy. Like, this almost makes me forget that they're not giving these to LGSs and driving everyone out of business. Yay. Okay. Um, yeah, there's one more. Also, say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, these reprints are cool, but also uh, in other formats. Uh, Luris of the oh, Dr- yeah, we forgot to talk about bands. That's oh, the other thing. Rip Luris. I would Rip just Luris. like to say, when I got Luris in the second pack of my box, I thought I was going to get all five Apexes, all of the like ultimatums. I thought it was going to be the best booster box ever. <laughs> yeah, no, we were, I, we were on a like, FaceTime call, and Miles was just opening his box, and he's just like... Ezra? I, I don't think I was paying attention. He was like... And he just shows Luris to the camera. And he, <laughs> it was like, funny. It was the second pack. It didn't go as, as well. I mean, but I'd been wanting. I mean, to no, it went pretty well. Right, you got you got two foil Yorions. Like you, that was a fine box. That was a very good. Box. It was a good. It was a good. Box. Box. It was good. All right, so yeah, the May 18th band uh, and restricted announcements. This was literally like the day, like after we sent out the cast. We we're like, oh man, now we have to wait until next week, and then I forgot to put in the outline. Um, in brawl. Draineth Magistrate is banned. Uh, Winota Join Our Forces is banned. We don't care about Brawl, but because we're Commander Podcast, we kind of have to talk about Brawl. Um, Draineth Magistrate t- tops people from playing Commanders. Pretty self-explanatory. Uh, and then they're saying high win rates on Winota. Yeah, Winota's a fast uh, Commander in a fast format, so Winota's pretty strong in Brawl. Uh, I love Lois, my Winota uh, deck. Yeah, no, I we have not quite Kenan tested your Winota deck yet. Biggest part of the entire box. Oh yeah, Kinnon was the best part. You you got to build a Kinnon deck. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Lois of the Dream Den is banned in Legacy and Vintage, which is notable. I oh banned in Vintage because Vintage doesn't actually really ban cards; they restrict cards. But you can't ban Lois because it's a companion. You just play Lois as the companion. So they had to ban uh, Vintage, which inadvertently led to a change in Commander, so that's why we really like to talk about that. Uh, the Commander ban list uh, is based off of the Vintage ban list, uh, which means all the cards that are banned in Vintage are also banned in Commander, but they just separated the two. Commander no longer uses the Vintage ban list because they didn't want to ban Lois, because Lois isn't as much as a pro- of a problem in Commander. Phew. Phew. Yeah. Um... Yeah, no, we we like Lois in Commander. Lois in Vintage win rate was like sixty percent. It was just just like it was just crazy because at that rate you win like most matches because 60-40, I mean, um, but yeah, that's a very very powerful card. I'm excited for these secret layers, even if I don't buy any of them because <laughs> just look in circulation and maybe you'll have to yeah. lay your hands on one. Right, and then it brings down the price of for some of for like a little bit. It doesn't really bring down the prices that much, but it could bring down the prices of. Which um, the walking ballista looks like a Power Ranger. Well, no, they're based off of Transformers. It's the oh, yeah. oh, it's like robots and stuff. I think I don't know if it's direct Transformers IP. It's the same company, so they've done they've done crossovers before. Um, but yeah, that's the ban restricted announcement. Is there any more New Horizons? That was kind of a new, long New Horizons. Yeah, but uh, there's a lot of Ezra talking, which is like, oh, a lot of me talking. My bad. <laughs> but I mean, no, it's fine. You're uh, the only one who actually knew about the stuff, other than Charlie, who like Charlie knew about the secret lair before me. Yeah, true. I just, I just did the. I had double masters in the back Ezra's of my head. Really I didn't realize. 
kind of. Oh wait, this secret lair has been out since yesterday. We're just really yeah. I'm really slow. dense. We're just really slow. <laughs> We're recording this like in more than twenty four hours after this was released, <laughs> which is really slow. Uh, yeah, but yeah, let's move on. Uh, yeah, let's move on. Um, to our next segment, treasured find. Um, yeah, let's go straight in with our treasured finds. Uh, Charlie, why don't you go ahead first? Um, yeah, so my treasured find is, uh, well, I, I was, I was kind of on the ropes here, but I decided to go with Bite of the Black Rose. So this is three and a black for a sorcery with Will of the Council, similarly, similarly to the angel we recently talked about. It has, it says, starting with you, each player votes for sickness or psychosis. If sickness gets more votes... Creatures your opponents control get minus two, minus two until end of turn. If Psychosis gets more votes or the vote is tied, each opponent discards two cards. Okay. So, in- yeah, no, that's it's not too hard to get. Cool. Um, psychosis to be voted. You just need one more of your opponents to get to vote for Psychosis. And if so, then this is a six for one, basically, because your opponents are discarding six cards for your one card. So it takes one person, and if you don't, then it's okay. It's a small board wipe for your opponents. Yeah, no, that's pretty cool. It's only 20 cents. Uh, Very, very strong card. Potentially, yeah, six for one. I mean, each opponent discarding two cards is, like, not what your opponents want. But they also don't want to give so, all I mean, the creatures minus the two, minus two. Like... Right, but if you promise to help one of your opponents in return for them voting right. for Psychosis... Yeah, it doesn't doesn't seem that far off. I mean, I think those voting cards are underrated just as a whole because it's like, oh, they're too unreliable. But you can normally politic to the point where you right. can get people. To but do also, you're that. not going to run them if, ha- um, if half of it it's also really bad because then everyone's just going to vote for that. You know? Yeah. No, I agree. Um. Yeah, Miles. Do I you do have, have my treasure uh, find? You have treasure find. Yeah. Uh, cool. my treasure find is Jace's Mind Seeker. It is four blue blue for a four four. Creature, fish, illusion. Um, it has flying. And when Jace's Mindseeker enters the battlefield, target opponent puts the top five cards of his or her library into his or her graveyard. You may cast an instant or sorcery card from among them without paying its mana cost. I really like it. No, that is that is very, very, very uh, cool. Um, I, think, I think it's nice because just casting your opponent's yeah. stuff... Always fun. It's nice in spell um, slingers. I'm see, using it in my loot deck right yeah, now. Yeah, no, any spell slingers. Uh, yeah, no, it's good in loot tree. Um, I mean, anything that you're kind of trying already to mill stuff. So stuff like Phoenix and the, the like. For example, what if I use it against someone who happens to have uh, what's the soul tie ultimatum again? Emerge. Uh, emergent yes, and say I, I and say they uh, mill that, and then I get to play it, and then I could flash out Lutri, and then I could copy it. Yeah, well, I mean that's crazy, but <laughs> I mean it's already at that point you're spending what nine mana, Lutri's Lutri's yeah. three, three plus yeah. six equals nine. I mean, but, still be but, fun. Uh, let them wish. Let the let the 
not the peasant's wish. <laughs> um, You're just twenty eight cents currently. Yeah. I do. Wow. <laughs> no, I people who think that paying nine man on modern is a good idea. It's not a good idea. It's, it's not, not a very good idea. Um. All right, my treasured find is Karuga the Macrosage. Karuga is three Simic Hybrid, Simic Hybrid, Legendary Creature, Dinosaur, Hippo, 5-4, Companion. Your starting deck contains only cards with converted mana cost 3 or greater and land cards. And when Karuga the Macrosage enters the battlefield, draw a card for each other permanent you control with converted mana cost 3 or greater. So... This was the first Companion Spoiled, and Companion's introduction into the world, and it was like, oh yeah, that's cool. But it's pretty restrictive, you can only play three Then as put it and, in a rune uh, deck. Then I put it in a rune deck, and then everything uh, exploded. And then, <laughs> so, uh, I've talked about my rune deck in the past. I've been helping I, just like, make it better. Yay. Yeah, it's just like, yay, blink, blink creatures in and out. Uh, draw cards, uh, gain value. Wait, draw cards? Huh? Um, may, maybe we should play something that draws me cards. And so Karuga enters. I had to remove 14 cards from the deck in order to put Karuga in. But, uh, Karuga, just the value that you get out of it, it's like, on average, I'm drawing four or five cards by the time Karuga comes down. And then blinking it with Rune repeatedly, I've got other ways to flicker it. Uh, I just think Karuga at 43 cents kind of got buried along with uh, because those big headliners like Lois and Kahira and Zoda and I think Karuga kind of got buried in the big mess of companions and Yorion which I'm playing in the deck not as companion but Karuga very cool and yeah entering the battlefield and drawing that many cards uh just very very powerful Alright, that does it for Treasured Find. Uh, let's do some business things. Uh, you can email us your questions, comments, concerns, anything at all, other than you want our bank account at youngpowercast at gmail.com. And also, you can go join our Discord. Link will be posted in the podcast description wherever you listen to Didn't podcasts. we get a couple people on that? And, uh, okay. like, one. So thanks to uh, XXX Worthy XXX for joining our Discord. That's like the one person. Okay. <laughs> Come join our Discord. It's kind of lonely in there. None <laughs> um, of us listening yeah, to it, it, the Pancake it, it, Bot. Yeah, uh, lots of Pancake Bots. Okay. All right, we're done with our mid roll. Uh, let's just play the mid roll sound backwards. It's barrels rolling up the stairs. Um. <laughs> Self mill. Let's get back into our Nethroy Moy deck. Yeah. deck. Charlie, go ahead That's and it. talk through our self mill cards. Yeah. You can probably so, all off the top of your head because you play Moldrotha. Yeah. Resident <laughs> graveyard yeah. expert here. Um, we have a fair amount of creatures that mill us. So starting that list off is Glowspore Shaman. Glowspore Shaman is a black and a green for a 3-1. We mill three when it enters, then we can put a land card from our graveyard on top of our library. So this is kind of just a one-time one mill, and if we need it, we can get an extra land, which can be useful in a budget three-color deck that doesn't act always have perfect mana. Although, we tried. We tried our best. Um, Secondly, we have Milliken, which we talked about. It mills and ramps simultaneously. Skull Prophet does the same thing as Milliken, except it taps for colors of mana, and it 
can mill us more. It's just a little different. Nyx Weaver is three mana. At the beginning of our upkeep, we put the top two cards of our library into our graveyard. It's a 2-3 enchantment creature spider. But I think probably the most important clause is that we can pay one, a black, and a green, and exile it to return target card from our graveyard to our hand. We don't have a ton of instant speed recursion, seeing as we only have creatures. And Nyx Weaver is just a little bit of a backup sort of emergency effect if we really need it. Right, it dodges removal because if they try to move to remove it, then you just blank their spell by doing the exile thing now. And then you get you the, right, and then you so, get the value out of it. Right, it disincentivizes your opponents from trying to use a removal spell on it. Yep, Splinter Fright is pretty similar. It's two and a green, and it mills us at the beginning of our upkeep. And it is gets larger if we have more creature cards in our graveyard. Fast Trample as well. Undercity Informer is a cool card. Played in certain decks that have no lands, known as Oops All Spells. But this also doubles as a, sac as a creature sacrifice outlet in costing two and a black. And we it's a 2-3. We can pay one and sacrifice a creature. Target player reveals cards from the top of his or her library until he or she reveals a land card. Then puts those cards into his or her graveyard. So this is a pretty fantastic for the deck because it's a sacrifice outlet first of all which is very helpful and it's mill so this is very very nice because it's always great to have something that does two things for your deck and it's always more efficient to have something that does two things for your deck because this way we can have more efficient deck and we can play more good fun cards that we want to play you know the fun jank that kind of thing uh, but yeah, this is a pretty solid card. It allows us to mill and sacrifice creatures, so that's pretty great. Then next up, we have a uh, pretty creepy art in Sewer Nemesis. With <laughs> one eye and a large head. It's three and a black. It, as it enters the battlefield, we choose a player. Its power and toughness are equal to the number of cards in the chosen player's graveyard. So this can get pretty big if we, uh, if no one interacts with us. And whenever the chosen player casts a spell, that player puts the top card of their library into their graveyard. So we don't have a ton of options for self-mill in a solely creature deck. We can't play a lot of the artifacts and enchantments that mill us. But this ability can stack up over the game and can mill us for 10 or 15 if it stays on the battlefield and just sits there for long enough. So that, Yeah, so the uh, implication I'm making here is that you choose yourself when you choose a player to enter the battlefield, and whenever you cast a spell, you put the top card of your library into your graveyard. Right, uh, giving more gas for Nethroid. Yeah, so the purpose of all of this putting into your graveyard is to have gas for Nethroid to reanimate. Um, because if we can get Nethroid out and mutate him on turn, you know, five or six, preferably four, and we have ten cards in our graveyard with power one, that create tokens or do other strong things, then we're going to have, you know, uh, up to, you know, 20 power on turn six, and that's pretty, pretty powerful, cool. I'd say. Uh, yeah. So our next card here is a card with Dredge, which is a modern deck. Well, as, as well as other formats, but this is no longer a modern troll. deck. It's four and a green for a zero-zero creature troll skeleton. 
It enters the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on it for each creature card in our graveyard. And which is really nice because it's a zero zero, which means we can get it back with our commander at no cost whatsoever. And it has dredge six, which is the most notable thing. So dredge means if we can draw a card, instead you may put exactly six because of dredge six cards from the top of your library into your graveyard. If you do, return this card from your graveyard to your hand, otherwise draw a card. So this allows us to, instead of drawing a card, mill six cards and return the Grave Troll to our hand, which is not super important for the purpose of getting the Grave Troll back, more so to put six cards from our library into our graveyard. Then, yeah, what I was... Go ahead. Oops, sorry. Oh, I was just going to say that uh, Golgari Grave Troll, I said Dredge is no longer a modern deck because uh, Grave Troll is banned in modern because it uh, that Dredge 6 proved to be uh, too powerful. Like, people were just using it as... It was just a too good graveyard engine. Dredge 6 is a tenth of your deck in modern, typically, unless you're playing, like, right. Glorion or whatever, which is proved, has proven to be very, very powerful with all of the strong... Why. Huh. Yeah. yeah, I wonder why. Maybe because Golgari Grave Troll hits life from the loam, hits uh, Stinkweed Imp, hits... Hits uh, everything. Hits Blood Gap. Hits all the dredge cards, and then you draw, and you dredge, and you draw, and you dredge, and you draw, and you dredge, and then you uh, do something huge, like Treasure Cruise, like which is also banned in modern, but... You just... Oh, Laboratory Maniac, or now Thassa's Oracle. Yeah, dredge is a strong deck. I don't actually know what the win con was, but... Uh, Fill the graveyard too fast. Two ones and three threes for free. Uh, yeah. No, it was like Nalco Amoeba. It was it like Nalco Amoeba, and then it's Bloodgast. Prized Amalgam. Oh, Bloodgast. Yeah, I mean it's not meta right now just because Grave Troll is banned and Lewis is tearing up modern. So worth annihilating every format. No, Lewis literally has broken every single format. Good thing they banned him immediately in Commander and Brawl, so that would... Although, actually, yeah, Lois is not that bad. Not not Commander. Uh, Legacy and Vintage. Actually, it wasn't banned in Brawl. Wait, Lois wasn't oh, banned no. in Brawl, what am I right? talking Just about? I'm talking about Lutri. Sorry. Oh, Lutri. Lutri different, yeah. But yeah, that's two two companions and Zoda. Three companions that have been banned in the format, which is just, like, ridiculous. It's also... uh. Worth noting, big applause to uh, Boros, because they got their first card banned, ever. It's the first time a Boros card has ever been banned. Zoda and Winota were both wow. banned, which means <laughs> it's the first time a Boros card has ever gotten banned in Magic. Because <laughs> White and Red are uh, the worst. Yeah, uh, well, a specifically Boros card. There's like Balance that was banned, but yeah, no no specific Red-White cards. Alright, uh, yeah, no, um, go ahead and do last two, last Our last two graveyard cards here are both tutor effects allow, allow us to put a card from our library into our graveyard, which will always be creatures due to the inherent nature of our deck. Those cards are Corpse Connoisseur and Gravebreaker Lamia. Both of them are four and a black for a creature that, when it enters the battlefield, puts a, in, in most cases, creature card, uh, except in possibly the Gravebreaker Lamia's case, a land card, which we would never do, just FYI. Uh, you put a creature card into your graveyard, and then you shuffle your library, but this allows you to tutor for any good card with, like, one power in your deck that you can later mutate and grab with our commander. So, just another kind of 
effect that can be very powerful and it's not perfect it's five mana but it is also just a, a body on a creature so pretty solid in those creatures yeah uh, speaking of putting stuff in the graveyard, we also have some discard and sacrifice Ew. outlets. And uh, uh, we kind of gotta go quickly through these. But carrion feeder, putrid imp, tireless tribe, long with troll, noose constrictor, tomb robber, undercity informer, disciple of bolus, gave guru spores, skull mulcher, and apocalypse. Oh no, not that one. That got taken out of let's, the deck. Well, let's, we, um, don't need to, we don't need to hurl ourselves. I mean, yeah, no, I, I'm just. I, I was going to go quickly, but uh, j- just overviewing the, the segment. Uh, Carrion Feeder is our best one-mana sack outlet, and it is... Oh, it's the only one. It's a black mana, and you can sacrifice a creature to put a 1-1 counter on it, and it can't block. Uh, Putrid Imp is a black mana, and you can essentially discard a card and give it tram- uh, flying into Undertone, which doesn't really matter, except... You can, uh, you boy just using this as a way to, for free, dump cards in the graveyard. And that, that's one black mana. And right, at no cost. Tireless tribes, he play one with Tireless, yeah, yeah. Tireless tribe is a white mana for a creature, and you can discard a card and give it plus zero, plus four into undertone. Which is kind of just a meme card, because you can use it to block anything and just discard stuff. Um. But it's just funny because it's played in virtually zero decks, but we just stumbled across it while doing a Scryfall search, which is why Scryfall is the best Magic the Gathering search tool. Yay. Lot with Troll. Um, Super good. Black and the green for it. 2-1 with Trample, and you can discard a creature card and put a 1-1 counter on it, and you can also regenerate it for a black. And I think this was part of our 2525 episode. You can correct Probably, me if I'm I, wrong. But we talked about this. I mean, it's not under 25 right now. It's 50, but it was... Yeah, it was under 25 cents, and I doubt it was us because we don't have enough listeners, but this card's now like 50 cents. It's probably Corona if I had I'm pretty sure it was... Well, yeah, COVID made all (laughs) the prices weird. Um, But yeah, News Constrictor is essentially the same thing as Lot Latrol. You can discard cards and give it plus one, plus one until Undertone. I mean, not as good as Lot Latrol. Lot Latrol's the better one. Um... Tomb Robber is a cool one that we stumbled upon from Rivals of Ixlon. Tomb Robber is two and a black for a creature human pirate 1-1 one, one menace, and you can pay one and discard a card, and it explores. And uh, explore for people who weren't playing back then is reveal the top card of your library, put that card into your hand if it's a land, otherwise put a 1-1 one, one counter on this creature, then put the card back or put it into your graveyard. It's so confusing. Basically, if it's a land, you draw it. And so, well, you look at the top card of your library, or you actually you reveal it, if it's a land, it goes in your hand. If it's not a land, uh, Tomb Robber becomes a, uh, gets a 1-1 counter on it, and then you can either put in your hand into your graveyard. So that's the key part. Either it's card draw for us, so it's like a minor looting, but you don't even have to tap it. It's just dis- at the price of discarding the card. But you can also use it to feel the graveyard. So this does everything that we want to be doing in our deck. Discarding cards, drawing us cards, filtering through, and... Uh, uh, Getting stuff to beat face with. Uh, yeah, Tomb Robber, very, very cool. And also Undercity Informer again, and Disciple of Bolus again, just ways to sacrifice our stuff. Uh, gave Guru Spores, uh, one of the commanders from Commander... Oh, the original Commander set, and then also C16. Uh, gave 
also known as Gave, but technically supposed to be pronounced Gabe, but everyone's going to pronounce it Gave, except now there's a Gabby, so you can't call it Gabby, and you have to call it Gave, which is annoying because it looks like Gave, and that's a Gave, bad name. Gave, Anyways, yeah, Gave, Gavi, which is why you're not, you're supposed to call it by its proper name, which is Gave, but no one's going to call it Gave, and I'm going to continue calling it Gave because that's what it looks like. G-H. G-H is not pronounced G. Oh, like, G-H-A it's Gave. It looks like Gave, not Gave. Otherwise, you would have spelled it G-A-V-E, which is a, also a stupid name. All right, anyways, Gave, guru of spores, is two Ooh. white, a black, and a green for true. Fungus shaman. Amen. Zero, zero. <laughs> that's just, the, that's just, no, it, it's shaman, but uh, that's just the best type line. Legendary creature fungus shaman. shaman. That's just, it's just amazing. Shaman. shaman. I will pull up the Google. You already did. I don't care. It's shaman. I know. Just like Gave. It's Gave. That's what I... I was pronouncing it shaman, and then Google told me it was shaman. And Mark Rosewater pronounces it shaman, so... Shaman. (laughs) Enters the battlefield with five one-one counters on it, and you can pay one and remove a one-one counter from a creature you control. Create a sapling, a one-one sapling. And you can also pay one, sacrifice a creature, put a one-one counter on target creature. Does everything that we want to be doing. It's zero power and also it's a sacrifice outlet. So you can get it back for at no cost for uh, Nethroy and it's not taking up any do of that do. 10 power. And then lastly, Skull Mulcher, that little devoury dude from earlier. Okay. Uh, yeah, Miles, let's do our yeah! mutators. All right. First one Necropanther. One white, black for a 3 3 uh, creature cat nightmare. It mutates for two or of hybrid or of hybrid, and when this creature mutates, return target creature card with converted mana cost three or less from the graveyard to the battlefield. It's good reanimation, which is always nice. Um, next. I mean, its purpose in the deck is to trigger Nethwar again. It's not really to, like, I mean, it, buying back that thing is nice. The things out of your graveyard, but uh, we want to be reanimating the big stuff, which is why Necropanther helps because then you can get like 13 power with with the stuff back yeah. to the battlefield. Uh, All right, next is Dirge Bat. It uh, we already read Dirge Bat, so I'm just gonna move on. Uh, same with Gem Razor, uh, both for both are mutate men or creatures, I should say. I think right, yeah, creatures. Yes. <laughs> Alright, next is Sawtoss Demolisher, which we also already read. All my fun's getting zapped over here. <laughs> no, we got Boneyard Looker. Oh, yeah. There is Boneyard. We I, have not read, I, I, we have not okay, read Boneyard I'm Looker. Alright. Yeah. Yeah. I'm He's sorry. sad now. I mean, I don't think he <laughs> feels sad. I think he just kind of kills things. Alright. Those dead things. Mm-hmm. Boneyard Lurker. Two. Black and a green for a 4-4 creature. Nightmare Beast. It mutates for two. A Golgari hybrid. A Golgari hybrid. Uh, when this creature mutates, return target permanent card from your graveyard to your hand. Or, uh, what was it? Gross file? Regrowth? Uh, regrowth, right? Yeah. Yeah. It is regrowth. Yeah. More reanimation. Woo! Mutate people. Yeah, we've got one more uh, Mind Leecher. We haven't talked about Mind Leecher yet. Yeah, go ahead. Oh my god, I'm just missing everybody. Ah! Mind Leecher. Four black black for a 5-5 creature nightmare. You, uh, Its mutate cost is four and a black. 
It has flying and, when this creature mutates, exile the top card of each opponent's library face down. You may look at look and play those cards for as long as they remained exiled. It's yeah, kind of tough because if is... they're not in Abzan, you can't play them. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, wait, it, yeah, it doesn't have that mana of any color to cast it. It, it, it still I mean, gets rid it, of the, like, the good cards for it. It still gets rid of Yeah, but it's also good to play the lands. And it's just a 5-5 oh, flyer, which is just lands. like, it, it's oh. a fine body. Yeah, you can play the lands, which, which makes, it, makes very, it easier to play cool. their stuff. Right, we're playing three colors. Like, I, we I are going to be able to cast a blue, which is kind of big. Right, it's nice to cast the blue stuff. Yeah. Uh, wishing we were playing Soul Tie. Kidding. No, because it literally oh. is the strongest color. It's the best at removal and the best at literally everything because green is there and then blue just card draw, so you basically win. Yeah, black is removal, green is card draw. I mean, blue is card draw and green is and green. Is, like, it's the best. Uh, I crush you. Yeah, that too. Uh, yeah, Charlie's going to go for it on graveyard payouts. Oh, uh, yeah. So first on Stop here, yeah. right, Charlie. Hmm? Do it off the top of your head, Muldroth, a man. Um, <laughs> do, yeah, do all the graveyard right, bails. Yeah, okay. You just gotta trust me on this one. Alright, so our first cards are Necropanther and Boneyard Lurker. Um, we just talked about them, but they both essentially have stuff to do with having permanence in our graveyard that we can either get back to our hand or the battlefield. And then our second two, which I'm reading completely off the top of my head, are Genesis, first of all which is 4 and a green for a 4-4 four, four creature incarnation. At the beginning of your upkeep, if Genesis is in your graveyard, you may pay 2 and a green. If you do, return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. So, um, this isn't perfect. It doesn't fit perfectly into our deck, but this is a very, very powerful creature, and it's a secondary kind of way to repeatedly return creatures from our graveyard to your hand, and notably... If it's in your graveyard, you pay two and a green, and you put target creature card from your graveyard to your hand, not Genesis itself. So you can just keep it in your graveyard, and in your upkeep, you can pay two and a green and return a creature from your graveyard to your hand, which is pretty nice, honestly. Wait, can it be Genesis, or is it another Any creature? target creature. So basically, any target so yeah, you can thing. just return Genesis. Yeah, in our deck, it's just anything that's not a land. Um... Yeah, uh, Mr. Sokon, right? Yeah, so yeah, so Genesis is Woo! our last card here in uh, this category is Sir Conrad the Grim. So Sir Conrad is three black black for a legendary creature, human knight. It's a He is a 5-4, and whenever another creature dies or a creature card is put into your graveyard from anywhere other than the battlefield or a creature card leaves your graveyard, Sir Conrad deals one damage to each opponent. And you can pay one in a black to have each player put the top card of their library into the graveyard. So this basically just, whenever we mill, or we put a card into our graveyard, or a card leaves our graveyard, we get a ping. And so this can, like, really, really stack up if we're milling, you know, ten cards in our upkeep or something, which is kind of a dream setup. But um, if we're milling a lot of cards, this is doing a considerable amount of damage Seeing as we have 60 creatures in our deck, and only creatures, 
I, I'd say this can do a considerable amount of damage and is very, very powerful in our deck considering what it is made of. Right, we're just going to be doing a lot of stuff, leaving, entering, lots of, lots and lots of stuff. So Conrad is everything that we want to be doing. Um, now we're going to be talking about our low power bombs, which are, are a big, giant, helpful uh, utility, high mana cost creatures with very low power. This is the meat and the potatoes of the deck. This is the stuff that we want in the graveyard so that we can then mutate out with, uh, not mutate out, we can reanimate out with Nethroi because of the power clause. So I think all of these cards together, technically if all of these cards together were in our graveyard, we'd be able to reanimate them all right now. <laughs> like this, this list of 12 to 15 creatures, if they were all in the graveyard and we mutated Nethroi, we could bring every single one of them out of the graveyard because of either having zero or one power. Or maybe two, in the case of some of them. But the first one is Deep Forest Hermit, which is uh, everyone's favorite return of the squirrels in Modern Horizons. It's Deep Forest Hermit is three green green for a creature elf druid with vanishing three, which means this creature enters the battlefield with three time counters on it at the beginning of your upkeep. Remove a time counter from it. When the last is removed, sacrifice it. Uh, when ETBs create four one one green squirrel tokens, and squirrels you control have plus one, plus one, and you can't block the Emrakul with 15 Squirrel Tokens because they only have eight power combined, but uh, that aside, just blink it. Blink it with Rune! Okay, um, yeah, Deep Forest Hermit, because of only having one power, only takes one power out of their budget, but really, in reality, is putting nine power under the battlefield across five bodies, so... Deep Forest Hermit, kind of crazy. Easy to kill again because it's only a one I'm power creature. I just want to note really quickly something uh, in our next card. We'll, we'll get to in a second. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skip around a little bit just to say this direction. Okay. Um, yeah, so Deep Forest Hermit notably enters the battlefield with three vanishing counters. And there is another payoff card in this deck called Thief of Blood which is four black black for a 1-1 one, one creature vampire with flying. And as Thief of Blood enters the battlefield, remove all counters from all permanents. Um, so Thief of Blood enters the battlefield with a plus one plus one counter on it for each counter removed this way. So I believe this is one of the corners of magic that I'm not fully certain on in, in rules, but I believe Thief of Blood will remove all of the counters yeah, no, it it will remove, yeah, it'll remove the counters. Causing it to be sacrificed, right. and if you can uh, get Deep Forest Armit back from your graveyard, then you can make four more 1-1 one, one green squirrel tokens. That are actually 2-2s, two because <laughs> yeah, two Forest Armit's And ability. now you'll have eight, essentially 2-2s, two two oh. which can block Emrakul profitably. Yeah, that can block Emrakul. <laughs> I block your Emrakul on the door with 15 squirrel tokens. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Thief of Blood. I did not see that interaction. That is crazy. Good find. Thank yeah, you, no, that, is, that, is, that is pretty powerful. Yeah, nice. Okay. Um, yeah, did not see that when we were writing up the outline. Um, yeah, Miles, uh, Tristani. Tristani? Uh... I'm like Trust on me, discordant. I'm sorry. Oh. All right. That's okay. Yeah, I'm all tired. I, <laughs> I don't know. I just keep getting more tired any day. 
every day. Ugh, can't even speak. All right, Tristani Discordant. Three, a white, and a green. A 1-4, legendary creature Dryad. Other creatures you control get plus one, plus one. When Tristani Discordant enters the battlefield, create two 1-1 one, one white soldier creature tokens with lifelink. At the beginning of your end step, each player gains control of all creatures they own. Buffs your creatures, makes more that creatures, cool. and people can't steal your stuff. Yeah, and yeah. it's only one power. It's like a Poma, Poma uh, Homewood Path, which makes it fun with a Dubious Challenge. Yeah, That's like a fun that. Pioneer deck, but not. Yeah, uh, but Trostani, very, very cool. Um, our next card is Palisade Giant, which is four white white for a creature giant soldier. Uh, two seven, and all damage that would be dealt to you and other permanents you control is dealt to Palisade Giant instead. Wow. So, only takes up two of that ten power. Also, any damage that would be dealt to you is dealt to Palisade Giant, which basically gives you just like this giant literally giant giant shield <laughs> um also protects your other creatures so uh just re rebuying this and reanimating this over and over again is just going to be very powerful um yeah palisade giant pretty cool card only 19 cents um yeah protector of the crown ah yes monarch man uh protector of the crown is five and a white for a two five creature giant soldier when protector of the crown enters the battlefield you become the monarch and all damage that would be dealt to you is dealt to Protector of the Crown instead. Um, yep, so I just want to note that this is pretty similar to Palisade Giant, in that they're both two-power things that prevent damage that would be dealt to you. They're slightly different in that it's they're just slightly different, but Protector of the Crown allows you to become the Monarch, and the Monarchy is not really very interesting, it's very powerful. That it's a big card advantage engine that allows you to draw a card if you're still the monarch at every end step. Or at four end steps, sorry. Yeah, no, the protector of the of the crown, pretty cool. I love the monarch mechanic. I you know what we should do at the next commander night when we can actually interact? We should just like say monarch is a thing that exists at the beginning of the game. Force, force blood gets monarch. That sounds seems you know fun, just playing Ezra? monarch commander. We should deck tech Queen Marchesla. We should do that. That's like uh, Queen Marchesa is now up to like eight bucks, but yeah, we can we can try uh, lower the budget for everything else. Yeah, that sounds very fun. Sometime our next card here is Newscraft Mob. Newscraft Mob is four black black for a creature zombie. It's a zero zero. Pretty bad, I know. Uh, just kidding. Oh. And out of field five <laughs> five plus one plus one counters on it. And whenever a player casts a spell, remove a plus one plus one counter from Newscraft Mob. If you do, create a 2-2 black zombie creature token. So this allows you to create potentially, Continue. Uh, potentially 10 power in zombies. Uh, throughout the game, and then, right. then it will go back to your graveyard where you can reanimate it. For nothing. This is pretty, pretty solid. It's a 5-5. Five, five. Uh, for essentially zero, if you mutated it with Nethroy. 5-5, five, five, that creates so, 10 power. Yeah. Right, and then if you mutate Nethroy onto Newscraft Mob, for whatever reason, Nethroy gets the 1-1 one, one counters on it. Oh, yeah. True, true. Right, and then the same thing with those 1-1 one, one counters. Really is the same for you, I think what you really want to do with it is have it die. 
that way you can reanimate yeah, it and true. then make more zombies and then you can do it again. Repeat. Right. No, I like that idea. Uh, uh Phantom Shoba is our next <gasps> card. Five green white for z uh creature cat beast spirit zero zero. Miles just found this while digging no, this card. This is a good in find. Some of the decks that I build on Architect. No, oh, this is you... not a find. Oh, okay. I I like this card. No, oh, this was in back of head. Okay, yeah, that's a good idea. Um, whenever Phantom Neshoba deals damage, you gain that much life, which is like the actual text. It does not have lifelink, which is extremely confusing, like, but uh, it's like, it matters for some, some rules. Yeah, yeah I actually know how thing. this works, so, um, well, it, it actually doesn't affect it, but with Armadillo Cloak, this is a three-mana aura that says, right. rather than it gains life, or no, it's not Armadillo Cloak, or is it? It's an armadillo cloak, but because it can stack with lifelink, that's why it's played. Because yeah. then you can deal, then you get to gain life yeah, twice. Yeah, so life yeah, but also if an opponent gains control of the creature, they control of the aura, but you still gain life if it oh. deals damage. Because lifelink. I think it is armadillo cloak, but the card that you're thinking about is yeah, spirit, spirit link. link. It's the same thing. So both of those, I think, it's the same uh, thing. But armadillo cloak, I think, also gives it a buff, yeah, like plus, plus, plus two, two. And trample. So how it works is if an opponent. Mm -hmm. Lifelink says whenever enchanted creature deals damage, its controller gains that much life, versus Armadillo Cloak and Spirit Link saying whenever enchanted creature deals damage, you gain that much life. So if you have if you can give the creature lifelink in another way, or an opponent gains control of the creature, mm -hmm. you still gain the life that, from okay, the that's, okay. trigger. In addition to whatever else might happen. Yeah, so if you put like a spirit link on a uh Emrakul the Promised End, then you gain those 13 life instead of anyone else. Anyways, Phantom Shoba, 0 Trample, Creature Cat Spirit Beast, Cat Beast Spirit, my bad. And Phantom Shoba enters the battlefield with 7 1 1 counters on it, and whenever it deals damage, you gain that much life, uh, which we were talking about, and then if damage would be dealt to Phantom Shoba, prevent that damage and remove a 1 1 counter from Phantom Nishoba. Uh Now, this is cool for just a in tone mutate uh, and stuff but also it's just a seven seven for zero uh, zero power uh, out of nethroy's 10 power budget so uh trample that trample, trample helps yeah, um yeah very good just i want to do gigantomancer uh five a green and a white for a creature elf shaman one one when Tristani Summoner enters the battlefield, put a 2-2 White Knight Creature Token with Vigilance, a 3-3 Creature Centaur Creature Token, and a 4-4 Green Rhino Creature Token with Trample onto the battlefield. Create a bunch of tokens, and it's one power. Yay! Yeah, you get a 1-1, a 2-2, a 3-3, and a 4-4. It's 10 power across four bodies. Pretty good. Pretty Which is very, uh, very yeah. cool. This is yeah, I'd much rather have... Well, most of the time, it's better to have 10 power split among four bodies than 10 power on one creature. How do we move? Most of the time. Yeah. So let's. Uh, this is the last card that we're going to talk about today, and possibly the best card. Uh, I, it's a, my newfound it's, love. It's seven. This card is so seven cool. and a green for a creature, human shaman, one one, and you can pay one to have target creature you control. Have base power and toughness seven seven until end of turn. Becomes this seven, seven. <laughs> target creature will become seven yeah. seven until end of turn. 
this was going to be my treasured find, but I didn't want to spoil yeah, this. Can't. So, uh, yeah, Gigantomancer. It, yeah, it's, it's so player. crazy. It it's, makes all your games. It's also... It wins games. All life is driven by... Also, I want to build... Indomitable will to survive. I simply turn that something... Turn that into something more. <laughs> Tangible. Uh... I want to build Naya Zoo with Gigantomancer and Winota. Just get getting cheating out Gigantomancer with Winota just seems like the most stupid thing ever. Because then you just pump all because it enters the battlefield tapped and attacking. I think. Yes, the, so. Oh, but then it could die. Oh no, it gains indestructible. Yeah. Winota. Well, no. Winota, yeah, Winota makes them indestructible, and then you tone all of your creatures into seven yeah! times, which is just the most absurd thing ever. Okay, imagine this situation. Reanimating Gigantomancer out of the graveyard. Uh, Phantom Neshoba on the battlefield has seven more encounters on it, and then you put Nethroy onto Gigant... Uh, so you mutate Nethroy onto Phantom Neshoba, and then uh, trigger Gigantomancer. And then, uh, because Nethroy has lifelink, and Phantom Neshoba has that spirit link text, Nethroy would be... And then you, well, you use Gigantomancer to make oh Nethroy into 7-7. So then Nethroy 7 plus 7, 20, uh, I mean, it will, it would be 14, right? 14, and then when it deals 20. damage, you gain 28 life. <laughs> and it has death touch. That's what you mean. No, this is and, stupid. Oh, and put Newscraft ever. Mob on it. <laughs> oh, yes. 1919, 38 life. Well, wait, that wouldn't work. Wait, you can't mutate Phantom Nishoban did. No, Newscraft Mob onto Nethroy. Newscraft Mob. Wait, you can't mutate Newscraft. Newscraft Mob doesn't have mutate. Put it on so Nethroy. Put Nethroy. Put, oh. Wait, what? Whatever the order is, you. Nethroy gets. There can only be one non mutating creature in each really? pile. That's yeah. So. Because well, you can only mute whenever a creature with mutate it, it mutates a confusing, conf very confusing. Uh, yeah, you gotta only creatures with mutate can mutate onto other things, which is because there's not but, enough um, of it yet. Yeah, that's a yeah. Because well, I mean, I doubt this actually returns. Mutate probably it's not way too confusing. It's 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 well, I mean it's confusing and I mean they should reuse it because they made everyone learn the rule. They made everyone but, um, learn it and anyways, they made so much yeah. synergy with it. Cause there are so many awesome commanders right. now that would only work with mutate. Yeah, the five apexes as well as I mean Nethroy doesn't need mutate, but the five apexes and uh Ultrimi yeah. all has to do with mutate. Uh, yeah. Also Sojourn so, Commander. <laughs> um yeah let's we're about finished here as for uh, land this is your mana base check so we have uh ash barons we have some we have the life gain lands so yep. we'll just take a All really deep breath and just list yeah oh can i do it ready <sighs> ash barons blossoming sands bonus order make caves of coilus command tower evolving wilds of god orchard girl guard rod farm great pelt refuge room backwards Jungle, Hollow, Crows of Voyager, Land Warways, Basilica, Sandals, Scoured Barrens, Celestian Sanctuary, Stirring Wildwoods, Cleary, 
dated what dated veal dare wolfing his man's vivid grove in my rain metal <gasps> okay so uh let me, let me, <laughs> uh, actually understand yeah. good job we have, we have hands, okay which enters battlefield tapped two charge counters they tap for one color or one man of any color by removing a counter we have terramorphic expanse we have some amount of main lands. We have some amount of bounce lands. We have all of the gain lands. We have a tri land. We, we've we have got Verge. We have Grim Backwoods, which it, at, taps our colorless, and we can pay two black and green and sacrifice a creature to draw a card. Uh, we have Exotic Orchard. We have Command Tower. We have Caves of Coilos. We have Bonders Enclave, which taps our colorless, and we can pay three and tap it to draw a card only if we have creatures power four greater, which we have a lot of. And we have some basics. That is Yep, six forests, four planes, four swamps, thirty-eight lands total. And that brings us to one hundred cards and our price for this deck. We were cutting it close. Scoting the budget forty-nine dollars and eighty-three cents. But yeah, this one comes to budget. It's technically hundred and one cards, yes, I agree. Um but Umori comes at in from the outside the game zone. In Commander, which is kind of weird, but anyways, that sums up our deck list. Uh, we can do our guild trivia really quick. We have like what two more guilds, or we can we can just postpone it until next. This is kind of long. I want to do Okay, we're gonna do guild trivia really quick. We let's leave it for another episode. I I stand by my I stand by what I said. There will be more episodes. There will be more episodes. Okay, yeah, and then um, our next episode, we've got something kind of, uh, or attempt to be kind of cool for our 25th episode as a mini quarter hundred celebration. Um, we're going to have Luke on the podcast, and we're having a game show, so I'm going to not be a podcast host. I'm going to be a game show host, and uh, we're going to have contestants, Charlie Miles and Luke. So yeah, this join us like next I- week Holy. for the... Uh, Sounds like the me what? getting bullied. <laughs> what had a magic the Well, uh, I promise there's some, uh, well, there's also some stupid questions in there that, like, kind of have nothing to do with magic, so <laughs> it, it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Um, But yeah, tri- uh, trivia game show next week. You can play along at home. And yeah, our quarantine is almost over, no. maybe. June 12th, Starting to like loosen up. Almost. It's like three more weeks. Three more weeks of stay at home order, and then we're done. Eh, probably. And also three more weeks of school. It's probably going to be longer than that. Uh, our state's kind of there. Um, at least we're still alive. It's not. Ble- I mean, I mean, we're alive, but I mean, like our the the health state of our <laughs> state is like don't reopen yet. Anyways, we are not the COVID-19 podcast. We are a Magic yeah. Gathering podcast. We are... Oh, wait. I forgot to tell you guys what the name of our uh, podcast is. It's literally the best name I've ever come up with. <laughs> and it's the first Pyroan Games. This is referencing the first Eroan Games from uh, Chaos Beyond Death. And, uh, okay, that was stupid. No, no one appreciates my... <laughs> I, okay. I'm uh, not going to lie. I've been wondering how the podcast even got its name. Because I wasn't here to do that. Yeah, that's true. You, you were in, on to like episode one nine ish. Yeah, I mean, you joined pretty early. Ezra but had a dream one day. Yeah, we were just. I had a. I and didn't have a dream. Day. I was like, hey, we should make a podcast. Came by his bed and told him, Do you know what my name is? And Ezra said, Young Pyromancer, your hair is so, so bright red. <laughs> and 
And the environmentalist said, you know who I am, and you must name your podcast after me. Or you die. Or you... <laughs> okay, yeah. Honestly, I don't even remember how I came up with the name for our podcast. Yeah, so, um, something. All right, yeah. uh, I think that's all we have today. Thank you, guys. That's all we have today. Uh, go join our Discord hangout with Charlie yeah. Miles and I. Uh, we're hanging out there. Uh, help make your quarantine a little bit more manageable. Also, email us questions, comments, whatever. Uh, youngpyrocast at gmail.com. Please subscribe or uh, wherever you're listening. Uh, click the follow button on Spotify or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And uh, yeah, Steve, that. <laughs> and. Um, Please leave us a five-star rating or write us a review, but don't write us a one-star review because I'm sorry if we did something dumb. <laughs> but uh, anything but that. Uh, if you want to give us a one-star review, we are not the Young Primary Answers Podcast. We're the Command Zone Podcast. No, I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> we'll see you next time, everybody. All right, sign All right, we'll see you next time. Goodbye.